what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, it's not only one single thing that we call sustainability, it's both the material side, but also the perspective of the kids actually deserves the best because they are the future. And if we don't treat them well, then if we don't allow them to love, keep the love they have naturally for the outdoors, being outdoors, they will grow up as adults that are detached from the outdoors. They don't feel anything for it. They don't care about it because they are not used to spend time outdoors. Welcome to the Business Developer Podcast with Sujay, a source of inspiration for business developers. By listening to this podcast, you may gain some ideas, inspirations, or food for thought towards your own journey of developing your business successfully, now or in the near future. Thanks to each one of you who liked the previous episode with Axel Bohetius, wherein we discussed the topic of treating sustainability as profitability to achieve profitable business growth. In today's episode, we shall learn from the journey of Maria Frickman, her journey of developing her business is beyond for the past 15 years, establishing it as a reputed lifestyle brand and enabling our younger generation to be outdoors, enjoy and appreciate nature, and thus be the future change agents towards us living sustainably. So please join me in welcoming our guest, Maria Frickman. Hello, Maria. Welcome to the Business Developer Podcast. Thanks for taking our time to join this episode. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Great, Maria. Uh, just to give you a brief about this podcast, the objective of this podcast is to serve as a source of inspiration for business developers with the hope to make a difference in their lives who are working hard to develop their business. A great topic. I hope I'll be able to contribute in some way. I'm sure. Thank you, Maria, for coming here today. So to get started, Maria, could you please share a little bit about yourself, the story of your life? Yeah. I'm a woman from Sweden. I'm in my 50s. I was born in the south of Sweden. Um, I was moving up to Stockholm in my 20s to study and take my master degree in engineering. And um, when I finished that one, I went up to Stockholm. It was 1994, so it was a recession in the economy, I remember. But I managed to get my dream job, which was as a management consultant at Accenture, which I was really, really excited about. So I started working there in 95 in um, the automotive and production industry. During that time, I also gave birth to my two eldest kids. When I had my third child, I got the idea for a small business on my own. It was not intentionally to become a company, which it is today and the reason for I'm joining your podcast. But, you know, sometimes things happen in life when you have the time to reflect. And becoming a mother was actually one point in my life where I had time to really think about what I wanted to do when I got older, as you say. And um, having my own business has always been a dream. Also, when I was taking my master. I had a lot of courses uh, that was about, you know, entrepreneurship and uh, building companies. And I think that's a dream for many people. But the company as such was actually to develop really nice outdoor gear for my baby boy and my little girl, baby girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I developed some stuff myself. And I met another woman in one of these baby groups, you know, we have in Sweden when you meet other mothers and you share thoughts and concerns and ideas and you have coffee. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's a Swedish institution, but yeah, I met her there and uh, we started talking about this products I've developed and she was a tailor. So she helped me to actually go through them and she offered herself to take a look at them, which she did. And um, we decided together that we might just, you know, during the time we were on maternity leaves, just make an effort to make a really nice showing collection and see if there was any stores that would might be interested in them. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a hobby basis still. And uh, my intention was to continue my career at Accenture, which was prospering, you know, it's a good career. So I wasn't, you know, thinking about changing or shifting that. So we managed to do this nice sales collection and uh, we contacted one of the key retailers in Sweden and uh, we got a meeting with one of the shop managers and she take, took a look at it and she was totally excited about it. She said, wow, this has not been done before. This is amazing. It's an amazing quality. I would like these for my two stores, she said. Whoa. And we were having, yeah, we had babies. We had two babies each at the time and we didn't have any factory at all. We would just nice so we thought well we just have to keep up the image here and we will say yes to the order which we did and that was 800 pieces well you know jumpsuits fleece jackets fleece pants for babies so we made a call to Polotech in holland Polotech is one of the biggest fleece companies in the world at the time they're still very big we met a very nice lady there and she said yeah sure we support you this is a great idea so we just picked out a selection of colors from their sample room in Holland and they shipped it up to us and in that summer my partner and I we made 800 fleece Whoa. garments basically <laughs> <laughs> and then we shipped it to this retailer uh, it's still a retailer of ours so one of the first ones we had and still that this day they don't know that we made that ourselves so <laughs> in that fall we learned a lot you know yeah. we learned exactly how long it takes to make fleece jacket it takes 11 minutes so when we came to the baltic states together with business sweden mm -hmm. they had a project helping swedish companies to establish business relationships with the baltic states we found this factory there and you know the baltic states have a long long tradition of textile production and we knew exactly how to negotiate the prices since we knew how long it takes to, to make these garments. So that was a good start. And that was 2005. So that was the start of it. And uh, we realized pretty soon that either we have to go, I mean, go for it and really, you know, quit our, our jobs because we cannot have two jobs and family at the same time. That was a hard decision for me personally, because I had a very you know, mapped route for my future, what I was supposed to do. I wanted to be partner with an Accenture. That was my goal. And suddenly I had this other business that really thrived, you know, and uh, that was exciting. And that was also a part of me that was really calling out for me, you know, hey, let's do this. This is really exciting. Otherwise, I had to fairly just close it down, you know. So that was a... In 2005, the end of 2005, that was a crossroad for me personally, where I had to take this really tough decision, you know, career-wise. That's so exciting, Maria, your initial journeys. <laughs> so much learnings that could come in. And if I recollect what you spoke about, you started a very small business, more like a hobby and more maybe utilizing your time. And maybe if I can say so, actually bring better clothes to your own kids, right? There's so much serendipity also involved, right? You met this lady who was a tailor. 
and what would you have done if you had not met her that's the beautiful life right yeah that's a good learning you should be always open to meet new people you never know where that comes from right that helping hand or that partner mm-hmm. or that team member i i see that's another initial thing and then uh, you were i think 800 pieces by two of you that must have been a grind right but you went through that grind trying to do it all yourself and as you said you develop so much learnings of how much time it takes the effort it takes and also you must have set up a benchmark of quality right yeah we did both with the material we used because we knew we had to use the best the best there is that was the intention that is also good to have now 15 years later we can say that we did this from the start you know only the best to have a green profile from start to use the best materials out there also to make a sustainable product not only for the kid to be very comfortable but also for the family to make a good investment and to by the end of the line you know save the resources for the planet because if you can reuse stuff you have a long product life cycle you can also save resources yes as we again recollect back to the early years of your journey maria when you approached this retailer and you could deliver a wow feeling to that retailer there wasn't there other products in the market already yeah It was actually I remember going into a coffee shop in Stockholm uh, with my baby boy and uh, the the jumpsuit I had on him was made out of cotton uh, a famous Swedish brand it still exists today mm. but in that store or uh, in that coffee shop there were two other mo- mothers and they had the same jumpsuit on <laughs> on their kids so it was a, a very you know narrow selection on the market and everything was in cotton basically and uh, being an outdoor family as uh, we were and still are you cannot use cotton if you go up north in sweden it's cold it can be wet and and snowy and rainy right. you have to have functional materials like wool or like fleece the fleece was kind of you know you had fleece for adult wear at the time but it was very rare to find it for kids so it has happened so much in 15 years on this functional you know clothing market for for kids basically there was a very narrow selection you could pick out from and, and as i said most garments were made in cotton so i basically just bought fleece in a store and i remember i just brought out my my sewing machine and i just went for it because we had to have something for the kids going up on our holiday that would be you know safe for them to wear having them in the sledge you know going out on skis in the mountains to know that they were comfortable and, and warm yeah that was basically just something i did to be safe with my kids and my family and then it turned out to be a product that was you know actually a hole or gap in the market which this shop manager clearly pointed out for us she said wow this is something we don't have and we want it and um, yeah it went from there so you found a gap in the market and then you brought up the quality product you certainly that quality product attracted your initial customers you could deliver that wow effect and from there you got the big order and that became your stepping stone right yeah and a very important part of course that we got this premium retailer chain in in Sweden they had uh, at the time 30 stores in Sweden so that was a really important start for us and then just right after we could get four or five i think other retailers on board just because we had this reference client so i guess everything is also by you know i i used to say that you have to have some luck and you have to have some good timing and talent you have to have a combination of that in order to that important start yeah 
Yes, yes. And certainly things that we do not see happens, we obviously attribute it to luck, but there's a lot of hard work involved there, your ideation, you reaching out, meeting people. Oh, yeah. Only those activities opens up these notions or these situations of luck that we call it as, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, it's sometimes it's, you know, you can, you can see it as luck, but it's also, you know, hard work, as you say, in order to, to get a meeting uh, settled uh, with an clients so forth so of course it's a it's a combination of a lot of things but yeah that's great let's focus on the sustainability part of it that you brought up and that's a very key topic here and a very important topic for us in our generation how we leave the world for our kids and the generations ahead of us as i said we we had the aim to to work with the best from start and um, the best suppliers and uh, those suppliers also strived to do better and um, really early on um, several of our nominated suppliers were into the field of using recycled fibers for example but already 15 years ago they were recycling pet bottles to make uh, fleece and that was partly one part like 30 percent of recycled pet bottles which was an important start uh, as a small company it's hard to lead the change. You have to partner up with buyers that actually have the same strategy and philosophy as you. So that was a key key part for us building the business initially to actually partner up with brands, suppliers that had the same philosophy as we. And in the outdoor business, I think we have be, been in the forefront all the time if you compare to fashion of the importance of sustainability and to be environmentally friendly because we actually, the, the play field for our products is the nature. Yep. And you can clearly tell when you are out in the nature if something is off. Mm. Like if the environment or the forests or the lakes, they don't feel good. They are in unbalanced. The oceans are in unbalanced. So the dialogue in the outdoor business has always been, as long as I've been in the outdoor business now for, for 15 years, it's been about um, the environment. How can we preserve that? How can we do garments that is affecting the environment less than it does today. How can we improve? So that was with us from start. And also the fact that we did kids' clothing, it's it's so, you know, it's also going to be good for the kids because the kids' business, when it comes to, to garments, is always, you know, it's, it's supposed to be cheap. Everything is supposed to be cheap because the kids are growing. And that has been a very strange perspective from our side because yes the kids are growing but they are also outside a lot of hours every day mm. and if you have crappy car garments on they get wet they get cold they hate to be outdoors literally they don't want to be outdoors they want to be inside and you as a parent have to be home from work so that's a cycle you know we we were kind of intrigued of that cycle how can we change that perspective how can we create environments that are actually really good quality and so the kids will be able to spend time outdoors they will be comfortable they will be balanced in temperature they will love to be outdoors so when they grow up basically they will have this respect and this love for the outdoors so when they are in a position of taking decisions that affects the outdoors they will take decision out of love you know that respect so it's a it's a huge cycle from start to end what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, it's not only one single thing that we call sustainability. It's both the material side, but also the perspective of the kids 
actually deserves the best because they are the future. And if we don't treat them well, then if we don't allow them to love, keep the love they have naturally for the outdoors, being outdoors, they will grow up as adults that are detached from the outdoors. They don't feel anything for it. They don't care about it because they are not used to spend time outdoors. So that's a very long story for me to try to explain what we're trying to achieve here. That's actually, you know, the content of it all. So sustainability for us, it's it's more than just using a very sustainable fabric. It's the entire concept of offering a product that makes families want to spend time outdoors with their kids. So the kids will learn to love and respect the outdoors, growing up as adults, loving, respecting the outdoors. And meanwhile, we use materials that can be reused, that can create long product life cycle, and that actually saves resources for for the planet. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I was intrigued by your thought there. And as I think more as you're speaking, that perspective change is so much important, right? Yeah. I totally agree. There's a lot of sustainability talk or work on the product side. Okay, how is the products being sustainable? How are you using those resources, right? Recyclability, you talked about long life how you can extend the life, thereby reducing in waste and sharing economy. And in Sweden, as you see, many of parents are open to having their kids share their uh, clothes, right? And when you build up, that certainly help it. But totally intrigued, Maria, and totally agree with your thoughts on changing the perspective. So they value the nature, have respect for the nature and not just sitting in the mechanized world that we have, right? Yeah. That's so important. It's very important. And actually, I think the current situation we're in in the world with the pandemic has actually highlighted that because a lot you can you can tell when you when you see how people react uh, upon this pandemic now, they want to spend time outdoors. Outdoors is soothing. Outdoors gives people peace. I have friends in the US, for example, and they tell me they have never seen so many people hiking as right now. They want to spend time outdoors. And that is a change in lifestyle that probably will stay with people. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, the pandemic has brought so many difficulties for people, but this is actually one thing that has brought people a good thing. Yes, actually. The the importance of spending time outdoors. Yes, truly. I think I totally agree with that. And that's where we kind of change our perspectives to respect the nature more, which we might have forgotten Mm. in the rat race of this machinized world that we are living in. Exactly. And that's where your company, your product is again enabling that to happen, right? That's another key message. And that's been the agenda from start. But now we can clearly see how our product offering is aligning with the situation we have for the future. So being sustainable, it's not going to get out of fashion. It's going just to be more and more important for people going forward. Yeah, good that you brought it up. Thank you. And I think then you were right. Your earlier thoughts are now vindicated right now and much more highlighted and enhanced. Exactly. So your true sense of your company, true beliefs are right here, right, Maria? I'm just speculating here. You might be more satisfied right now that you took that difficult decision in 2005 to leave your job and do something not only to build up a business here, which was your initial thought and idea like many of us here, but you are so much contributing to a much bigger cause, which is so much important right now. Yeah, it feels very satisfying. It does. Um, so looking back, I'm, I'm very happy that I 
took that decision and, and proud because that that was a difficult decision to take. So at times for business developers, we do face difficult situations. So the message I wish to communicate here to our listeners that we should put on a little bit of a strategic hat, long-term view hat, mm-hmm. and that could enable us to ride through those difficult situations or difficult decisions to be made and enable us to make the right decision. So that leads to one more uh, important uh, area I wanted to just venture into and take your thoughts, Maria. You have been in this business for 15 years. You have been a business developer, developing your business grounds up. What do you think are the key character traits of a business developer to become successful? And successful is just not making money, making a big company, but successful in his or her own thoughts or perspectives or uh, yardsticks of what they would like to achieve? What what do you think are the key character traits for a business developer? I would say to be very clear on, on your strategy uh, and to stick to the plan, to stick to your strategy, because if you start to deviate from that path and um, maybe in the beginning when it's kind of hard, you know, it's kind of hard and maybe you're not able to take a salary out of the company and take some time before you start to show black figures and you always have this financial burden, especially in the beginning. It's really important to stay focused and not deviate from your strategy. During these years, it's been, we have been, you know, approached by people that said, why don't you do this kind of product line instead, like in a lower quality, in a lower price? And you will get volume and that way you can grow your company faster. And we have always said, well, no, we cannot. We don't want to do low quality. That's not Eastburn. We have to stick to the plan. This is who we are. We want to make these quality, sustainable products. That's who we are. If we deviate from our strategy, we we will disappear. We will lose this momentum that we have. So building the brand, that's a very delicate journey. And if you don't stay true to yourself as a brand, people will not know who you are. And as a new brand, you can't do that. You have to be very focused, goal-oriented, and clear on what you want to achieve. So I would say that's one key point. And the other one, for me personally, um, I've always considered it really important to have a solid business in the bottom, you know, we should earn money from start. It's really important. Mm. Never launch products that you know that you not will earn money on. You have to price your products right. Not too high, but not too low. You have to, I mean, you have to dare to say, this is the price for this product. It's a, it's a magnificent product. But in order to, to sell that, you also have to know who your customer is. If you don't know that, you will not be able to sell the product because you're aiming for the wrong customer. So again, know your product, know your strategy, stay focused, make sure you put the correct price on the product and make sure you know who your customer is so that in that way you will earn money and in that way you will grow your business. And don't be afraid to say no. I mean, we've been approached by retailers that are huge, but that also maybe don't have your customer. Maybe they are used to sell more medium-priced, low-priced products. And what will they do to your brand? If they lower your prices on your brand, they will destroy you because then they will basically, you know, kill your profile, kill your market position. 
dare to say no to volumes if it's not the right customer for you. Um, so that's also lessons learned. <clears throat> Don't be too greedy. Don't, uh, you know, get excited about the volumes if it's not right for you. Better to grow slowly, but to grow with profit. Of course, the financial piece is always hard. And in 2014, we decided to make crowdfunding, which was huge success. But that was also a delicate, you know, step because we had to take in new investors in the company. And at a certain point, you also have to realize that you have to do that. You have to let go of some ownership of the company because otherwise you will not grow. Yeah, that's so profound, I believe. In those, there lies in so many important messages for business developers. And those are very strong points that take strength in character to say no, not to be greedy. And when it depends upon what is your North Star of your business, North Star goals on what basis you're starting it, right? And you had a very strong foundation of delivering quality products, which enable the kids to be outdoors, appreciate the nature and then have a longer life of those product usage. And so I think if you are true to that and uh, always keep coming back and reminding yourself of those initial North Star goals for yourself, then every decision, it brings clarity to you, right? To make all those tough decisions. Oh, yeah. And you just go back to these points and you map the question you have at hand and see, does this align with all these factors that is the foundation for our company? If it does, it's a yes. If it doesn't, it's a no. And uh, the longer you are in the business, the better you will be at take the, taking those decisions. So, but in, in the start, it's it's harder. I, I feel for those you know people starting up businesses because it's hard to navigate in the beginning. It's really hard. Important to have maybe you have a mentor somewhere, or you have a good chairman of your board in order to be supportive and to help out to take those decisions initially. Thank you, Maria. I think very insightful thoughts here. I'm sure our audiences will take multiple points from what we are discussing here. Now, as we come to the close, Maria, before I let you go, I have another question that I ask most of our guests and everybody answers differently. It's individual perspective. And the point here, Maria, is that as we grow up through our careers, through our lives, through our businesses, we acquire new learnings and habits, which are important at that point of time. But as we move along in our journey, we need to continue to reinvent ourselves, which might mean unlearning or dropping some of the, our older habits. So have you gone through such experiences, Maria, where you had to unlearn something from the past to make yourself a better person in the present? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've learned so many things during these, I mean, 15 years. I think the shift when I came from the management consulting business, working like 60 hours a week and then going into uh, being an entrepreneur, I still worked hard many hours, but I, I, I was, you know, the queen of my own time. I decided of my own time. And I must say that's the beauty of, of, of being an entrepreneur that you can decide of your own time. What I've learned is to decide when good is enough you know you can overachieve and you can overperform and you can you can work so many hours and, and you can put in so much effort on on things but i think it's important to have balance and uh, that is also something i've learned with age i think what gives me the most satisfaction right now is to be a really good leader and to make sure that i'm empowering my my staff and for them to really enjoy their work and in that way, also perform. 
but I want them to have balance in their lives because I want a balance in mine. And um, 15 years ago, I, I I was more, you know, focused on just work, work, work. Um, uh, I still work, but I'm smarter. I work smarter today. And I want to to provide that also to my employees that we have to work smart and we have to to perform, but in a way where there's still balance and that we enjoy what we're doing because when you enjoy things, then is when you're really creative and uh, achieve the best results. And I've learned that during my 15 years, um, but I also think that's something that comes with age, you know, to be humble and to be grateful and to start off the day that way. That uh, is far better than to start stressed out and concerned and worried. Just have to ground yourself and uh, make sure that you do your best. My grandmother always said that, and my mother as well. Do your best. And when you've done your best, you cannot do any more today. So tomorrow is a new day. Truly, Maria, uh, very well put. Thank you for sharing those inspiring thoughts. I hope it inspires some of our listeners and many of our already practicing some of those. Great, Maria. Uh, thank you here for coming to this episode. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you after this episode or discuss some points with you, how could our listeners reach out to you, Maria? Um, they can reach out to me on my email. That works fine. Maria at com. That's great, Maria. And I'll put that email also in the episode notes. Great then, Maria. Thank you for coming here today. It was really a wonderful time spent with you and learning through your experiences. So much inspiring and wish you all the best with your journey of developing is beyond and staying true to the goals and the high level view that you have about the business and keep taking the tough decisions to stay true to your beliefs and strategy of the company. I will. Exciting time ahead. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye, Maria. You too. Bye-bye. Every business developer needs to make difficult decisions during his or her business development journey. During such situations, it is critical to put on a long-term view hat and remember the North Star goals one had set for oneself and for the business. Hope this episode has helped you to gain ideas, inspirations, or food for thought towards developing your own business now or in the near future. Do give me a high five if you like this episode. I would also love to hear your feedback and suggestions for improvement. My contact information is provided in the episode notes. Also, if you know of any friends, colleagues or family members who could benefit from this show, do earn some good karma by recommending it to them. That's it for now. See you again in the next episode of the Business Developer Podcast. Stay happy, healthy, curious to learn. And remember... For your business, know who is the customer. Bye for now.